It's just not cricket. Australian players threaten to down tools and walk off the job. We'll show you our new look Ashes team. A war of words in the AFL with sledging going below the belt. Queenslanders take time out from bagging Mitchell Pearce to bag Daly Cherry Evans. That's not a dive. This is a dive. World Series champion Rihanna Ifland is our special guest. Make a wish. <gasps> you got it. It's the back page live. What a win for Australia. So much sport, so little time. They continue to speak before they think. I'll be about as relaxed as Jeff Fennick in a spelling bee. It'll cost him his job. All about the fans and what brings kids back. One of Australia's biggest rivalries. Sport doesn't stop and neither do we. Hello everybody, uh, nice to be with you and what a week to trawl through with the best in the business. Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock, plus the third and fourth best, Jules Schiller and Adam Spencer. Hello and welcome. Look, let's start with cricket, well, kind of industrial relations really. Players and administrators are puffing out their chests over a pay dispute, but surely, Crash, the Ashes series isn't really under threat. I think it'll go ahead, but I think this story will get bigger before it gets smaller. They hate each other, Tony, the two parties. They're meeting tomorrow, and my strong suggestion is lock the door for three hours. Let no-one out of the room, because in a 600-page document, I think they're barely past page one, they're not even talking, I do not believe... The players are threatening to, to pull out of the ashes, but I do not believe they're fully aware of the vitriol which would rain down upon them if that happened. I mean, 300,000 people, a lot of them battlers, have bought tickets. Industrial action in cricket over something like this, tw tweaking a pay model, which has worked nicely. They'll still be very well rewarded, as they deserve to be. Industrial action shouldn't even be on the table. So you covered the last big cricket pay dispute going back 20 years ago. Is the attitude of the players now similar to what it was back then? Oh, they've got more swagger now because they've got more money. Like, David Warner was very cavalier today. Uh, back 20 years ago, all of them had mortgages. You know, they were battling through. Nowhere to go, no IPL. So they were prisoners of that environment. Now, a lot of these players are worth 10, you know, have made $20 million out of cricket. So with that comes the swagger, the confidence, and, and and it's there. It but really is it is. really about you know, their Lamborghinis? We've seen that with Dave Warner, those sorts of things. Those players, a lot of them, are still in this fight, they say anyway, for the next tier of cricketer, the state cricketer who may well be far worse off under the new system. Yeah, well, no, but the state cricketers still earn around... can, can earn around 300000 When the last war was fought, the pin-up boy on the wall was Darren Lehman. He was earning about $30,000 playing for South Australia for a year. They fought hard for the Darren Lehmans and they got it, you know. Whereas the current ones are still quite well looked after. Cricket Australia will tell you that, that they're fighting a desperate battle at ground level. AFL's got about 400 development officers. They've got about 130 at Cricket Australia and they're losing that war. They want more cash down here. At least if they end up at Centrelink, they'll still get drug tested, so there'll be some consistency <laughs> for them. But did they try and separate Steve Smith, Warner and Mitchell Stark out of the pack and do a separate deal with them? That's what I heard, and that's pretty underhand if that's the case. Oh, look, they, they certainly tried to pay the top 20 cricketers, you know, they're separate, and they get about $1.2 million, and, and that's what Joe Public has trouble accepting, mm. that, that you could go on strike earning $1.2 million a year. It's a broader argument than that, but, but that is... Well, and, and the players can't win that PR battle, no. can they? Well, you can't, because you're a prisoner of the yep. numbers. We just saw... 
David Warner's Lamborghini. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I've been stopped five times in the last two days by people making coffee saying, mate, are they serious? People don't want to know the argument, but they see the photos, they know the big dollars. The reality is, last week, Scott Morrison came out and put a tax on the big four banks. Next year, he could put a tax on IPL cricketers, mm -hmm. <laughs> and no-one would bat an eyelid. I think the idea's got to be, if you earn more than two million bucks a year mm -hmm. from Australian cricket these days, you should have to adopt a player from the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Glenn Maxwell, well, yeah. here's Dirk Wellham, yeah. buy him a beer. Yeah. <laughs> Rackerman, well, no, you draw the line at Rackerman. Hey, don't laugh. I remember the only contract list I ever saw, and the, the top secret, I went straight to the name at the bottom of the list. It was the mid-1980s, and it was Tim Zura, the wicketkeeper, on the princely sum of his annual sum, $3,000. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you're right. They should adopt a player from back then. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris Gale would never go on strike. He's always on the job, uh, oh. as he explains <laughs> in this tasteful TV ad. Listen to me. I'm not a bad man. I'm only a bad boy. Bad boy to bowlers, bad boy to fielders, because they don't want me that way. Bad boy to girls, because they want me that way. Don't blush, baby. Be bad. Be a champion. Look, Tony, yeah, just, he's just a grub. Surely. Just like the condoms I own, Chris Gale has passed his use by date. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he just... <laughs> and that's not a joke. Don't laugh, actually. I can show that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he just has to let that go, doesn't he? He's, you know, whatever point he has to make, and I don't think he has a point, he's made it repeatedly, let it go. It's a wrong ad on every level, I would have thought. Surely that wouldn't be played here. Would you, would you make of it? <laughs> You just set me up. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Here, here we go, Tony. Just tell me the truth. Imagine what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Double it. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I say I'd love you to ignore him because yep. he loves it. He loves that we're talking about him. He loves this publicity. He'll be don't blush babying, you know, all the way through his 50s and 60s. But yeah. what an idiot. I always felt really sad for uh, during the West Indies. A lot of kids were raised by their mums because, you know, Dad just shot through. You know, Kurtley Ambrose was raised by his mum, so was Courtney, and they turned out, you know, fine fellows. But it, it, it's a deeper argument. You know, they, they, there was a lot of lack of respect amongst, you know, from, from dads just moving out, you know. I loved your move into advertising, actually, Crash. I think it was pointed out by your colleague, Pete Bedell. Uh, I think we've got something here of this uh, move into advertising. It's just a still. There it is. Uh, for the Ibis Hotel. That's beautiful. Of you there, Crash. Do you know, when I first saw that, I, I thought it could have been me. Not because of the photo, but I actually bet twice a week do actually wear a business shirt to bed. Because, <laughs> Tane, you're my age. You must do that occasionally. You just fall asleep on the bed in your shirt, do you? Well, that, that, that shot in the bed was actually taken immediately after Crash's condom ad, which <laughs> artistic and tasteful and, yeah. and a, a work of art. Yeah. Do blush, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that one has passed us. Geez, my day, I'd Often, you. though, Crash, you don't make it to the bed. You just go, I don't know, for the airport lounge. Uh, this is another photograph that I <laughs> Oh, the same pose. Yeah. Pretty much the same shirt. I'm a pretty lively guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, sledging is supposed to be fun. You know, Muhammad Ali, I've seen George Foreman shadow box and the shadow one. All boom, that boom. kind of stuff. We love it. Maybe it is a dinosaur. St Kilda players have gone the grubby and personal path just to unsettle Melbourne's Mark Murphy. Gil, this hasn't been a good look. Well, it's not OK to talk about a player's wife, Tony, is it? I mean, I would have thought that that's common sense. Uh, some might say, what's the issue? Well, what's she got to do with anything on a footy field? Absolutely nothing. Uh, she's had no say in this situation. 
she's been dragged into it, as we can see, front and back page in Melbourne. And, you know, the flow-on effect is that it affects their relationship, it affects her family and his family, it affects her credibility, it affects Mark Murphy's credibility. It's completely unacceptable and it shouldn't have been said. And I find it bizarre in an age where we've come a long way on racial sledging, on religious offence, on insinuations about sexuality, but there's still a group saying, yeah, but it's all right to rip into someone's wife or yeah. daughter or girlfriend if you think it might unsettle them a bit. And this is 2017. It's not the 19... Is an apology enough? When they apologised, I mean, is that enough? Well, I guess Mark Murphy didn't want to take it any further and he was the victim in this issue, in this case, and I noticed that the St Kilda coach and the captain rang Mark Murphy personally to apologise on behalf of the club. Gillian McLaughlin has spoken and said, you know, it should just all be about common sense. Maybe not all footballers have common sense. And if this continues to be a pattern, then I think... I mean, this is mistreatment of women. Yeah, Call it's it funny. what you like, but it's that's what it is. It's wrong. And we'll get to Mark Murphy. He did actually react to St Kilda today. But uh, I don't want to give the ugliness any more oxygen, but it did boil away, has been boiling away, with Wayne Carey even linked. He had to address it on Talking Footy. Probably been in contact with Murph now for the last year and a half. Yep. We've been on the phone constantly. Um, as this rumour and innuendo grew and grew and grew... Once again, I just want to say, I've actually never, ever, ever had a conversation with Mark Murphy's wife, so I don't even, I don't even know her. And then this arose on the weekend, and then straight away people started putting that rumour back out on, uh, on social media, and so that's where it's grown from. Therefore, Mark and I have been on the phone all day today. He is really distressed. Yeah, it's, it's ugly. I mean, social media element is also ugly. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a whole different yeah. side to this story where social media has a lot oh, to answer yeah. for. You yep. have to take Wayne Carey on face value, I guess, in that sense, and particularly Mark Murphy, who also agreed with him. You do. It's that terrible situation where you decide, do you make a comment and give it oxygen or, or say nothing? Yeah. But the league boys were saying at the back, and it's so true, in the old days, people had to watch their tongue when games were really physical and you could really get back in a physical way and there was that fear of major retribution. But that's all gone from the game now. So you, you, you can get away with a lot, can't you, with a sharp tongue. You just drop your line and move on. Yeah. Well, Mark Murphy did say he'd accepted the St Kilda Footy Club's uh, apology today. All right, it's pretty simple. It can get very ugly if family is used. And as you can see from this UFC press conference, mum is definitely not the word. I just hope uh, he shows up because I know his mama got tickets, so... Shut the f*** up about, hey, you can, don't me. talk about my mom for one. Don't you ever talk about my mom. Don't you ever talk about my f***ing mom. Don't you ever talk about my f***ing mom. Yeah, yeah, what's good? I'm not sure that Mum's happy that he's dropping the F-bomb every I'm time. I'm the only F-ing guy I'll ever swear about my F-ing mum. I'm that very F-ing clear. Is that on Mother's Day? <laughs> Should have gold to him about his ear rather than his mother. And not right. set yeah. up at all? Not no, set up. No, no. It's the UFC. It's all above board. <laughs> pulled out a chair. Yeah, had a ladder exactly. handy. All right, the AFL's bold march into China has been hailed a raging success. Port Adelaide thumping the Gold Coast in Shanghai. What did we make of this... Well, you couldn't get beer in general admission, so for me that's a failed experiment right there. <laughs> oh, look, I'm... You have to applaud the initiative because Port Adelaide were a club that was struggling financially when they were playing out at Westlakes. They had banners over empty seats. They've made a lot of initiative moving to Adelaide Oval. They've changed their match day experience. But I... You can't pretend that that's about trying to encourage Chinese to play AFL. That's a business opportunity for Port Adelaide. Uh, it's, it's, apparently it's worked well for them, but I can't see them getting 
another club to play a game over there because they're locked into contract support at, uh, at Adelaide Oval. They have to play their home games there. So how are they going to induce another club over See, to China? Because that, that team has to give up a home, home game. game of their own. And so Gold Coast Suns would have played that game at home. They would have had a well, reasonably decent chance of getting four points. Have they sold four points, Kelly, for half a million dollars? But it's, I, I just, I think you've been a bit of a negative Nancy there, Jules. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, really, to think that, um, you know, you're going to put all this hard work in just for a one-off and create these connections and, and create sort of these relationships with, the, you know, very important Chinese people in a sense. But it, it's not... I know a lot's been said about the crowd numbers. Mm -hmm. I think this is more than just, just the crowd numbers. There are some pretty powerful people attending there. And sure, it's about the dollar, but what do you use that dollar for facilities, sports, science, connections, relationships. I mean, what Shanghai's got a population of 24 million. It's about the same of Australia. Even if you get a small percentage interested in that, I can tell you the percentage of uh, Chinese locals who were at the game. Uh, there was apparently two and a half thousand. Uh, the population is 1.355 billion. So that's <laughs> 0. 0.0000184. <laughs> yeah, correct. I'll play on. Thank you, Eddie. Um, I tell you one thing, but if you are if you are a Port Adelaide fan who has travelled to Shanghai mm -hmm. to watch the Gold Coast play, you are a genuine AFL fan. <laughs> <laughs> you can I love this game. What about the whinging? I knew it would happen, because you know how AFL talks about that brutal trip to Perth, my God, each year. And, you know, like, meanwhile, the rugby union boys, for all their foibles, they'll go to Argentina yeah. and back. You won't even know about it. But they'll talk about the leg room on the flights and the business, but the Rod economy. Rodney Ede set the tone there, didn't he? He did. He, he gave his players an out right from the start. I want to see their him go to India. in it. But I want to see him play in Bhubaneswar. I see how they have, go there. I did have a preview of the banner, though, that yeah. I suggested. Yeah. Uh, it was we from Port Adelaide will make China our own to all the returning South Australians, don't bring back any headphones. That was the, <laughs> <laughs> that was the banner that I suggested and was rejected. Uh, yes, it was, a, it was a sellout crowd, as we were told constantly. It was a good weekend for crowds. On Friday night, you could see the sold-out ANZ Stadium as well for mm. the Bulldogs. <laughs> it was uh, around the block. Around the block, they, they were... All uh, right. Sold out. Uh, who knows if that's the truth or not. Apparently they're all in the uh, the marquees behind the ground, is what we <laughs> have been told, if we're to believe that. OK, Richmond, oh, you heartbreakers. Once again, Tiger fans have been punched in the guts with an after-the-siren loss. Now, as you can see, just seconds ago, this is the go-ahead goal from uh, Tigers, Brendan Elliott. 20 something seconds on the top. 21. 21 seconds. Can't lose from yeah. there, Adam. That's, no. that's barely enough so on the top of a boot. Yeah. They've won it. They're celebrating Popping like they've the won it. Kick it long, run through the complete lack of defenders deployed at the back of the square. And there's a free man. And, oh, and this, uh, David Mundy, after the siren, and through it goes. My old radio buddy, Will Anderson, does a, an AFL podcast called Two Guys, One Cup. Mm -hmm. And they invented the term Richmondy, which is to do things only the way that Richmond can. And even by the standards of the Richmond Football Club, <laughs> this was one of the most Richmondy moments in their history. <laughs> I mean, there were, there, there were, there were more guys back there jumping around like idiots trying to distract him <laughs> than bothered to get back there when that was the only way forward. What was the guy, guys doing waiting right. forward in the attacking 50 in case... Well, I, I don't know much about AFL. Mm -hmm. When you're up by a goal with 20 seconds to go, you start dragging coaches and supporters <laughs> back in your defensive <laughs> half just to get in the way. When I was 18, I got a girl's number at a nightclub and I went to high-fi my friend. As I did so, she was leaving with another guy. <laughs> that is Richmond. <laughs> 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 Only took 21 seconds yeah, exactly. for the whole night to turn around. Uh, I really like Frio coach uh, Ross Lyon. Uh, like me, like when the chips are down on us, obviously, he packs up and leaves. That's exactly what I would do. 
21 seconds, he's yeah. seen what's Beat going on. Beat the crowd. Yeah, exactly. Parking. <laughs> exactly. So he sees that, nah, I can't stay here, fellas. He, he, then he thinks, he does a little turnaround, Kel. Uh, maybe he's just forgotten his phone. Uh, yeah. Goes back, finds the phone, and yeah. you guys... I'm out of here. Yeah, no, I'm out and of here. And down he goes. So, so he goes, because uh, he's sitting up there at level three at the MCG, mm -hmm. into the lift to beat the crowd, down into the rooms. And I'm just before give you, these guys a spray. Just before you enter the Dockers' rooms, there is a TV screen out the front there in between the two clubs, and he watched David Mundy kick the winning goal from down there. And he was actually quite confident once he saw that, because Mundy is basically the best kick uh, yes. in, in the team. But he has had, I mean, little... Kids grow up wanting, to, dreaming yeah. of a set shot after the siren. He had one against Geelong in Geelong two years ago that he missed. So as soon as he took that mark and heard that siren, Redemption. surely yeah. straight away Redemption. he thought, oh, yeah, I but missed as, this And as Ben said, you should have seen, we'll have a look at the, the distractions of the players. Yeah. The terrific dancing. They're all back there now, <laughs> aren't you? Five of you, six <laughs> of you, seven of you. Where were you 20 seconds yeah. ago? <laughs> they really do go the big moves here. Yeah. Is that ever going to work in terms of distracting? I wouldn't have thought. If they spent a little less time practising that and a little bit more in your defensive formation when you're trying to stop a goal in 21 seconds, they'd have four points. So Richmondy. All right, at least one Richmond fan walked away with a moment to remember. This is Nat Fife, goes over to the fence. Look at this little kid. Puts a hand out. It's just great. This angle, it's so nice. I, I just when you it. thought you couldn't love Nat Fife. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah, there he goes. That kid is excited, despite what went on to be the loss. All right, Melbourne's amazing win over the Crows took on added significance today with a revelation that the team had just learned that Jesse Hogan had been diagnosed with testicular cancer. This story look, today, the good news is that uh, he's had, had surgery and everything yeah. looks great for him. Well, I mean, it landed as a shock, didn't it, earlier yeah. today, and you can't even begin to imagine the impact that this news has had on him and his family given that they're still really grieving for his father who uh, who died from mm. cancer as you mentioned as well so I mean he's got to somehow find the strength in a really tough time to overcome this battle he will but I mean for anyone that's lost anyone in their family to cancer you live in fear yeah. for the rest of your life that it will happen to sure. someone else and that in your family and it's weeks. happened but two weeks later it's just amazing never but any good timing is there Adam but that's but horrific it does, but it doesn't it say something amazing about the psychology of a group of people that yep. on the back of this horrible news, they come out a couple of days later, and I presume inspired by that, put together one of the great performances in the last 20 years of that club. The way the, the people can just be galvanised and yep. lifted to, as, as their way of expressing yeah. love and affection for a friend. That's yeah. amazing. It yeah, is well good. said. All right, a nice bit of history for Alini Glufsus, who will become the first woman field umpire in the AFL this weekend. She spoke today. I'm a huge, huge, huge football supporter and that's the reason I umpire football is to be involved at the best level I can. And to me, it's another game and, you know, it's great to be helping female in this role, but I don't see myself as being any different from any of the other umpires. You know, I'm going to make mistakes and, you know, everyone does. And so I just hope that when I go out there, I do the best I can and that can help encourage others, female and male, to be involved in umpiring, which is such a great place in football. Yeah, good on it, Adam. I would have preferred it if you just said, play on, not 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a great story. Great. She's going to do a fantastic job. I can't wait to watch this. Yeah, I'm a big, big mean... fan of equal opportunity abuse. So, uh, <laughs> general abuse, not personal. Uh, so, it's good. No, she's, she's great. I spoke to her coach, a guy who mentored her in South Australia today, and, and he's so proud. He was, he was almost in tears on the phone. He was so proud that she'd done that. That's how much it meant to him. She bounced okay, Jules? Yeah, apparently, yeah. Apparently, she's a good bouncer. She's a good umpire. You know, hopefully you just, well, 
You always hope there you go. Go. There you go. Right That's yeah. right. Will she take the first bounce on Sunday? That'll be really That'll interesting. Be a great moment if she I mean, does. this is the toughest job going around in any sport, really, oh, yeah. regardless of gender. So the best thing. The bounce. The yeah, the bounce. Yes. <laughs> um, the best thing Sunday afternoon is that if she goes unnoticed, she's done a brilliant job. Mm. So all the best to her. Absolutely. Well, umpires do a, a lot of running, a lot of running backwards, which can, of course, lead to accidents. Just want to uh, show you a couple. Interesting here. Now, this is Bernie Vince. He, he oh. was fined, Kel, for this contact, uh, I think, with the umpire who was... You know, he was... It's the classic... He was running directly back backwards. I always say, this is direct where I'm yep. going to be. And, sadly, Bernie Vince was there. Yeah, and, yep. I mean, the players have been told you've got to clear that space. Yeah. So... Bernie Vince is responsible there, absolutely. He went off with a concussion test. He had to spell insufficient intent. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Took him three goes. Yeah, exactly. No one knew what he meant when he said it. <laughs> right. The other one, of course, is Cam uh, Guthrie. Uh, he, I think, had no case to answer, despite this push on the umpire, pushed him into row 14, basically, yeah. to take that. There's a lot of energy goes into that crash. That's a, yeah, that's a fair <laughs> bit of big push. Do you think... Here's a question for the AFL troops. That a player like Cam Guthrie, who's regarded, you know, Mr Nice Guy and got the job working in the ice cream parlour, you know, just because he wanted a bit of experience, everyone likes that, do you benefit as a result of your reputation in an incident like that where, put it this way, if that was one of the game's dirty players, do you reckon you've got a couple of weeks? <laughs> Well, the ice cream happened about four or five years ago. It's a great so yarn. You're going though. back, it was a good yarn. I think more than anything, it sends a dangerous sort of precedent, doesn't yeah. it? Because the next player who maybe doesn't have a Mr Nice Guy reputation, I love he's him. just going to bring it up at the tribunal yeah, and say, well, hang on, you, you gave it. We saw in the NRL last year, guys doing, like, affectionate, yeah. friendly bum taps. Yeah, you know, and getting yeah. gone. Yeah. 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 I would say very lucky. Yeah. 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 All right, hair care is increasingly important among young footy mm. players, as you know. So when an opponent messes with the do, uh, obviously there's trouble. Oh, Harrison oh. Himmelberg didn't like uh, Alex Vassolo uh, tugging the ponytail. Look, I love that. Then the skipper gets involved. Oh, I like your hair as well. It's no coincidence the skipper ran 80 metres to protect the other guy in the man bun yeah. because they stick together, those yeah. You can coat hanger, you can jump a punch, but you can't touch a man's scrunchie. I've always <laughs> said that. Yeah, yeah. It's off limits. You have always said that. <laughs> Don't they turn on their own in Queensland? Hello, Queensland. First Wayne Bennett expressed his concern at Daly Cherry Evans Swifty to rob the Broncos of a try. Uh, look, this is a, it's a calculated dive. It's very clever. Uh, you got away with it, was declared a no try. And since that crash, now the media, i.e. you, has completely crucified the kid. Yeah. I just called it as it is, and the simple facts are, most unusually, Queenslanders just don't warm to Daly Cherry Evans in a sort of a Michael Clark sort of way. Mm -hmm. Because the guy who you could have really liked but somehow don't, that's really unusual for state of origin players up there. You, you know, you could have a, you know, an armed robber be an origin player and people say, oh, he's all right, he needed the cash. You know what I mean? But... <laughs> I, I, could, I could name at least 15. <laughs> but no, the, but the point is, when he reneged on the Titans, so he's playing this mm. weekend, it'll be fabulous to, to see how they react. People felt they couldn't trust him up there. And, and that incident, the, the fake dive, was act two. He's smart, he's articulate, he plays great footy. Well, well, I can't understand why he's not liked. So's Michael Clark. Think Michael Clark and you've got him. The, the, the two, they, they just... Rugby league fans have a nose for genuineness. And when, they, when he reneged on the Titans and did that, they didn't like the smell of it. And, and, and that's just the truth up there. He may well be back in the Origin team, but there was a chant around the ground, the old-fashioned bull so-and-so chant after it, and hadn't, that hadn't been going around for years. So Am I right in saying what he did, though, was within the rules? Uh, no, no, it's not... You know, well, it was theatre, wasn't it? And it's gamesmanship. 
and it's really on rugby league. Like, I, we, I asked a lot of players who just wasn't part of their game, who played for 15 years, you know what I mean? You know, Tony, you know, don't look at me like that. Gamesmanship is part of rugby league, surely. Whatever you can do... To win. To, to win, yeah. that is what but it is. Except, can you imagine Alan Langer doing that? The Walters boys, fair income. You know, it's just... Oh, I've, it's, Tony, stop it. You've resorted to that. Stop it. You should save your energy for bagging Mitchell Pearce, because it's that <laughs> time of year. State of Origin is going to be picked on Monday night. Mitchell Pearce's name is going to be read out shortly oh. for the Blues. Now there's a man you can have a go at. So you just wind me up, oh. girl. <laughs> I'm in the well, Origin sandwich already. <laughs> Fifteen Origins Mitchell's played, and honestly... Um, Don't you love this stat? There used to be a story that Queensland loved having him in the team, OK? I feel like doing a Lou Richards, saying something. If New South Wales win this series oh, with oh, Mitchell oh, Pearce oh, in the team... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, and? Yeah. I'll cook you all mud crab and bring it down from Queensland. That's all right? not a Lou Richards thing. No. <laughs> Lou Richards wasn't talking yeah. crustaceans. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Lemon my toilet with your toothbrush. In a nappy, well, right, well, a give dummy. Me, give me something to do. If you, Mitchell Pearce is half-back and New South Wales win the, win the series. All right, Come Crash, up. you're on. Tom, Tommy Trebojevic is uh, out of origin calculations with knee and ankle injuries after this tackle. This was legal, again, uh, but apparently in Queensland, this is OK, even though it's game shit. He jumped, he's in the air, down he goes, bad injury, uh, and he's out for six weeks uh, at least. Because the oddity of the rule is if that was coming to him on the full, yep. you're not allowed to jump and make tackle. Well... It's just as dangerous in that situation, isn't yeah. it? But if the ball's being kicked and it's bouncing, if you have to get off the ground to get it because it's in the air, yeah. I don't think you should be allowed to be tackled. Yeah, like that. I think it rules right. very easily fixed. I really felt sorry for the kid. Fabulous player. This is the tweet, though, from the Broncos, why David Mead's match-changing tackle in the air was legal and a great play. Now, surely, when this kid has now been ruled he's out of origin, himself. he's hurt himself quite badly, that is in some kind of poor taste. He was taken down pretty much Absolutely. immediately. Yeah, I mean, the club's embarrassed by it, and sh so they should be. It was a stuff-up. I mean, you know, he... he uh, no, you shouldn't not luxuriate in someone else's pain. Poor form and they accept that. All right. Uh, Des Hasler is more powerful than God. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I've said it. Uh, he's convinced Will Hopwati to play on uh, footy on Sundays, breaking, of course, that religious ban. His reasoning, though, if you listen to him, was pretty sound. It's just out of, uh, out of respect and duty that uh, I've got to, you know, listen, listen uh, to, to my employees. I mean... They're paying me and I'm putting food on the table for my family. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, in that regards, um, no, I don't. And uh, I think, again, yeah, I'm just going to keep hammering the line that, uh, yeah, if, if it was uh, up to me and if we lived in a perfect world, then, then yeah, I wouldn't be playing. There the Lord go. does move in mysterious ways, <laughs> yes, especially in the lead-up to becoming a free agent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but very good point. Like, no clubs were biting next year with uh, him out of play on Sundays and he's made a commercial decision and, and you know, sacrificed you know, his religious standings. I mean, you know, there's no hard and fast rule. M Michael Jones, the famous New Zealander, mm. uh, that cost, probably cost New Zealand a World Cup, would not play on Sundays, one of the greatest players, you know? Yeah, look, I, I think it's... I, I don't begrudge him that, though. I think, you know, he does have to feed his family, does well, all I mean, it's, it's the end of the nice bloke. Sort of the end of the day, it's the choice between having a contract or not having yeah. a contract, reading between yeah. the lines he there. He could do missionary can... work on the field, hand out some watchtowers. <laughs> <laughs> just, just combine both. <laughs> it's been a while since we've uh, had a good premature celebration <laughs> on the show. Uh, so this week we've got two for you. First up, uh, Salesford's Ryan Lennon. This is a shocker in the uh, Challenge Cup against oh, Hull. No. Uh, oh, no. 
Yeah, look, he, he even starts to go for the chest. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Down he goes. The oh, other no. angle, he's even reaching for it. Now he goes oh, for his Oh, did he reach That's for his hammy? Yeah, oh, look at this. Prime hey, dickhead. Hey. Hey. Oh, Think of his hammy. Yeah, he does a little look around. <laughs> <as> if, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just do oh, like, oh, 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 Got drafted by Richmond, actually. <laughs> <laughs> now, to win a stage of the 100th edition of the Giro d'Italia, look, it's every rider's dream, clearly. So, so what a moment for Slovenian Luka Pibinek. Uh, crossing the finish line uh, in glory, the arms go, uh, except, sadly, there, there is a lap to go. Just 6K he has to go. He hasn't realised yet. Turns round. Now he sees the peloton rushing towards him. <laughs> and so where did he finish? He finished 140. Oh. <laughs> there must have been there must have been that beautiful second when he thought those guys are riding so hard to congratulate. Naturally, we've sifted through the tapes and come up with our top five sports that are most guilty of committing premature celebrations. Brought to you by Kia. Uh, look, we'll start with uh, athletics, and look, he's got this in the bag. Away. Cheer for the other guy. Cheer for him. He's done great to run me down. Uh, look at his face here. You see it as he goes past him about... Oh, no! Where'd you come from? I do like this. This is the walk. She's not celebrating too bad. She just looked clocked off, a nice smile on her face, uh, walking to such a tough event, and turns around and... Uh-oh. Oh. The NFL, absolutely notorious for it. Uh, and there's a couple of methods. Yeah. One is just the yeah, skylarking. <laughs> skylarking and down, down I go. The other is the premature release of the oh, oh, oh. doesn't In the field of play. Yeah, oh. doesn't get into the end zone. Uh, that is not touched. Sometimes, of course, it can be the marching band who... Just the band came on to celebrate a little early. Uh, some famous footage there. Oh. The NFL. Uh, look, I, I've kind of put the NRL and rugby together. Oh. <laughs> Once again, skylarking, giant dive. Oh my control of the footy. Me. Down it goes. Uh, again, this is the uh, Japanese. Oh. <laughs> right by the force of dropout, man. <laughs> and look at this. Just I've got here. Oh. Thank you. Down I go. Uh, number two. Usually in football, it's the goalkeepers. Look, he's celebrating. Oh, the other guy's down. Missed the penalty. It's a penalty shooter. Just the backspin. Spin. Bit backspin. of backspin. backspin. Yeah, Basic yeah. physics. Yeah, exactly. Well, oh, oh, no, turn around, big guy. guy. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> turn yes, around. Yes, turn yes, around. Yes. <laughs> no! <laughs> it was a premature yeah. capitulation. Yeah. <laughs> Same again. No. <laughs> Have a look. It's behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the bikes. Uh, this is from the Moto3 uh, a few years back. Look, he's up there, out of the saddle. <laughs> oh, no! And this is famous footage. A relay or maybe not a relay. He's just down. Just push. Push across. There you go. Oh, too much. Your celebrations coming up. Cliff diving world champ Rhiannon Iflin joins us. Did Chelsea's premiership celebrations go too far? And a candidate for a shot of the year in Madrid. Twelve years ago, Chelsea won the title under Jose Mourinho away from home. Conte Jim Beglin really doesn't care where, and he wants when to be tonight. 
Pepperidge tingles at the prospect of party football. Football with neither fear nor inhibition. Yeah, no great surprise. Chelsea clinching the English Premier League with uh, the win over West Bromwich Albion and then, as you saw, went on to beat uh, Walford, uh, Watford overnight, despite the hangovers of, of the players. You'd be thrilled, Adam Spencer, with what you saw. Just so much more heartwarming than last year when that band of millionaires, Leicester City, remember? Yeah, they've had it too <laughs> good for too this long, year, haven't they? A struggling suburban club of no-name <laughs> guys. Battling just, billionaires. Who, it's a who, victory for them every, everywhere. Every one of those players just cares so much about Chelsea as a club. Yeah. and could not find Chelsea on a map, if you ask them to, and could not name a single person who played for that club in the 1990s. It's, oh, good luck to them, but it's just... It's just You've got to be happy for their fans. Well, if they're fan, fan base. No, it's just... I, 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 I used to really love the EPL, and I supported Manchester United, who I've followed since the 1970s. Last couple of seasons, when you just see your own club turn up with six new guys each year, and it's just... A, they're just playing cards these days. They do, I, I, I just don't... I mean, if you live there, sure, but I, I, I have real trouble to have any emotional connection but to the teams these days. Congratulations to their coach, uh, Conte, who has won... The last four seasons of coach, he's won the league. Three in Syria and this one in the EPL, so a great coach. Mm. Whatever you think about the team, they are billionaires, but, look, good luck to them. And they did clearly enjoy it. Diego Costa, he got right into the celebrations. I don't know if you saw any of uh, his activity. I'm not really sure what's going on. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, just... A, He's well, clear of prostate cancer, though. Yeah. We can think, well, the, say that. You, can't, you certainly can't manufacture this sort of team culture. These guys, <laughs> <laughs> these guys clearly love each other. And, and that, you just cannot put a price. <laughs> yes. Here we go, Diego. What else you got the trick back? Hello. Yeah, yeah so he just doesn't muck around, does he, Diego? He's, he's right into it. Uh, look, yes. Hello. <laughs> Don't try that at home. All right, oh. usually uh, a handball is frowned upon in, in football. Mm -hmm. Usually. Not for Johnny Evans. This is at the, at the weekend again. Look at this. This is so blatant. The guy in the purple is actually the referee. Uh, nice. <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. 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 I answer. Well done. With one of the greatest handballs. They've got away with it in the history of the game. All right, the goal for a sports person is to minimise the difference between your best performance and your worst. Mm -hmm. uh, Oscar in uh, Masuluke in South Africa hasn't quite done that. That's his, this goal. He's the goalkeeper up the other end. The best. Oh, one of it. Look at this. Wow. That is phenomenal. Sadly, in the same season, this is also him uh, just this weekend. Uh, he's the goalkeeper, stayed in goal, probably shouldn't have. <laughs> so the only problem with him as a goalkeeper is they expect him to occasionally catch the ball. <laughs> when, he's, when he's up the other end doing bicycle kicks in injury time, he's the best goalkeeper you've ever seen. He may be in the wrong position, granted. <laughs> If you're going to score an own goal, though, you really... It's best that you make it quite spectacular, uh, like this guy here. Now, this is into his own goal, the bicycle kick. Wow. 
If that's a bicycle, it's a BM excrement. That is. What, even if he bicycle kicked it, there's a guy behind him. There's actually no reason to bicycle kick that at all. Yeah, that's a thing of rare beauty. All right, remember we showed you uh, this new age technique for security at, at a Spurs game? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Just checking your aura. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're good to go. In you go. Uh, and, uh, yep, Ooh, nothing. And that same person, I think, although he used the same <laughs> company. Uh, yes, you can... Oh! <laughs> He's keeping at least 40,000 people off that. <laughs> <food. laughs> the other couple of thousand. <laughs> Rafael Nadal's clay court dominance continues winning another Madrid Open and setting himself up for the French. Is that exactly what he's doing, Kel? Uh, give him the French, Tony. It's really? as simple as that. There's uh, no Federer and Djokovic and Murray are well and truly all out of sorts. They've been battling injuries so far this year. So uh, it's been Nadal back to his best. I think many of us thought he was completely cooked with his body 12 months ago. But he's won Monte Carlo, Barcelona and Madrid. And uh, a win at the French would give him 10, which would give him 15 all up. I just zone out when tennis goes to clay. Do you, I mean, I just <laughs> yeah. don't. For me, it's on to... Car. It's, 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 it's a snooze fest. And to me, clay to tennis is like Jar Jar Binks to Star Wars. You sort of have to put up with it. But you don't like it. You know, it's What's just, your I mean, Nadal is dominant in it, isn't he? I mean, no one's going to beat him. Uh, and, and all these great players like Murray and Federer just take a break for a couple of months. Maybe if they, if they watered it a bit, made it a bit muddy, a bit slippery, yeah, like that, something slippery, like that. Yeah, get a bit muddy. I, I just don't know. I just don't think. I think it's a different surface. It's like if we play golf on a different surface. Yeah. I just don't get into it. Well, as you said, Roger Federer has decided he won't be playing on the dozy red clay of Roland Garros. <laughs> <laughs> a great moment for Pablo Suavez uh, with this ridiculous shot. This is just amazing. Uh, as it comes over the pack, and it's just one of those. Well, not through the legs, but... Ooh, how good is that? There's excitement. Play, the Jules, what do you want? magic of play. Search long and hard for that. Yeah. There it goes. Well, the good thing was, being Clay, he did have an hour and a half to get back to the ball. It's <laughs> <laughs> an advantage. At 21, Siwoo Kim has become the youngest man to win the Players' Championship. That's great, but as a hacker, look, I'm just drawn to the 17th at Sawgrass, the Island Green. Uh, this is Zach Blair. Uh, he went the full tin cup. Decided not to go to the drop zone. That was one in the water. Uh, two <laughs> in the water. Go to the drop zone, Zach. No, nah. Zach. Back to yeah. with Zach. Back it up. Yeah. And, and away he goes again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just the greatest hole in golf, isn't it? And it was just compelling viewing. And, and just, you could sense the player's body language when they yeah. stepped on the tee. The coolest cats in golf, you know, filling with the gloves, scratching the mm. arm. They were dead set nervous, the whole lot of them. Yeah, you got a nine there. That's only eight shots worse than Sergio Garcia's effort on the same hole. See, it can be done. He uh, now the greatest tournament backing up, but look at this. Yeah. Pop. Oh! <laughs> in it goes. It brought a rare smile to Sergio, who's still, even despite winning the Masters, Mr. Grumpy. He was yeah. bagging photographers for snapping in his backswing, but uh, he's back after going to Rory McElroy's wedding, and uh, he did, there was a couple of smiles there, which is more than you normally get from him. All right, what he did then uh, was, of course, an eagle on a, a par three, very rare. What's even rarer is a duck. Um, which this bloke got at the 18th. <gasps> oh, oh, no! Oh, my God! Yeah, no, uh, was that, that the duck or the bull that went in no, the water? No, well, for you, it was the bull. It was the duck. Oh, no, don't show it no, again. No, don't show it again. Don't show it again. don't show it again. Now, that is obviously uh, unbelievable, though. Um, and I've had duck hooks, but that's, you know, terrible. If you found that disturbing, as you did, Kelly, yeah. I've got the antidote. Um, how cute is this? 
this is the look at the selfish look at this little girl. Oh, she's posing. Selfie face. Yeah. Then she's checking how many uh, likes she got on Instagram immediately yeah. after, which is brilliant. Oh, I thought she was going to be holding the duck. So no news on the duck. No, the duck's okay. The duck survived. Look at that. Yeah. Kim Kardashian has a lot to answer. Well, for. we can see into the future here at the back page because if you fast forward with that that little girl and you see what she was doing there with the photograph, and oh. this oh. is pretty. Oh dear. <laughs> Just a night of the baseball girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's more interesting than the baseball. Is Pretty much the future. Parenting in <laughs> I just want to dip back into the IPL just for a second uh, with some odd moments. I, I love uh, Crash Kyron Pollard. Now, this is the running between the wickets. Is great. He wanted to get back for a second. Stops there. Yes, and was given one run and gets to keep the strike. It was an old trick used by David Hooks about 30 years ago in Sheffield Shield cricket. Uh, it's risky, though, because if the umpires think you're doing it deliberately, they can say no run at all. But there was just enough suggestion that it was an accident for him to get away with it. He got it, within but... the same postcode. <laughs> 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 it was fairly deliberate. T20 yeah. batting, of course, is unconventional, um, like this stance from Swarab Tuwari. He, he kind of sets himself up OK at, by the end, by the time the ball arrives, Crash. Well it, yeah, it's a good point, Tone, it, because he totally confuses the bowler. The bowler thinks, where in God's name do I bowl here? And in fact, by the time the bowler bowls the ball, he's in a reasonably conventional position. But it's clever. It, it, it throws plenty of bowlers out, that's for sure. Yeah, it's not as good as though this England batsman who's playing against Pakistan in an ICC Academy game. <laughs> 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 I'll tell you what, people laugh, but and it is funny. Have a look at this. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. I'm surprised there's not more wacky moves from batsmen yes. just to throw bowlers off because they stand there still as you like. Bowlers love it. As if that wouldn't put you off. Well, I've heard during the Ashes, we're actually going to get four of those guys from Richmond. Coming up, one of Australia's most courageous world champions, cliff diving star Rhiannon Iflin joins us next. It's a dream come true to tell you the truth, and it still hasn't sunk in. Series leader now back into a familiar position. Women's competition here in 2016. pictures. What an amazing story, the Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series champion, Rhiannon Iflin. Welcome to the show. Congratulations. Thank you, Thank you very much. And late Macquarie girl uh, as well. I'm a little bit in, in awe of what you do. I'm not a risk taker, so I go <laughs> pedestrian crossing. I wouldn't go on a motorbike. I certainly wouldn't jump off a cliff. What, where was that and how early was it in you to do this kind of stuff? Yeah, look, uh, I'm only still new to high diving. Um, I've started high diving two years ago. So, I mean, growing up, I was always surrounded by the water and I was a diver and a trampolinist. Um, so, yeah, but it wasn't until I got into working on cruise ships. Um, I was performing there and I saw some guys up on 17-metre platform and I was inspired straight away and I said, hey, I want to be up there. Show me how. <laughs> so you were then diving on cruise ships? Yep. That. <laughs> well, like the Titanic. <laughs> 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 the diving. And it's fair to say, given uh, your late arrival on the scene, at the beginning of that World Series last year, your name wouldn't have been bandied about as the person who was going to take out that championship. No, absolutely not. I walked in as a wild card and I walked out as a world, championship, uh, world champion. So, I mean, yeah, it was a, a total whirlwind. And, and still at the end of the season, I was still shocked. Are they, is that 20 metres you're doing there? 
Yeah, so we dive anywhere between 20, 22 metres in competition. Because I, I, I did a bomb yeah. at Ride Pool once in 1982. Mm -hmm. And I think it was off the five metre board. And I can still, <laughs> I can still remember the sensation yeah, after about slack. three metres yeah. no, of it getting faster and faster. Is there a point, do you reach a terminal velocity? Or do you, are, you, are you still accelerating when you hit the water? How high has it got to be before you're going as fast as you will go? Yeah, I think um, we gather speed as the closer we get to the water. Um, but, I mean, by the end, we end up hitting the, the water at, at least 77 kilometres an hour. So uh, you can imagine, wow. you know, diving from equivalent to a five-storey building to then hitting at that speed and slowing down in a second. It's a pretty big rush. So I was watching some of your vision this afternoon. It is absolutely mind-blowing. But I, I thought to myself, at the Olympics, when they jump off the 10-metre board, they go in head first. But you yeah. all go in feet first. Is that... Why, why is that? Yeah, it's... Look, it's just the impact is too much on the upper body. Um, yeah, so they're diving head first from 10 metre and we're basically doing an extra half rotation with a half twist or a blind entry um, just to avoid that impact. Talking about the impact, though, even going in feet first all that time. I, must, I saw a picture before you might have had feet on ice. That would be painful each time? Yeah, it is. It's very painful. And uh, even if you hit right, you just never know how it's going to feel, so... <laughs> You look pretty composed. How are the nerves? Um, yeah, look, nerves never get better, really. I'm not going to lie. Every time I walk out and I'm perched 20 metres above the water, I'm always saying, oh, my goodness, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's just something that, uh, with time, you learn to control. And, uh, and I think uh, throughout the season, I, I ended up, you know, using that to, to my advantage, using the nerves and the adrenaline to, uh, to actually push myself more as I was taking off, so... Like you at Rye, I once went off a five-metre board. I landed sort of in a sitting position and two words for you, colonic irrigation. <laughs> <laughs> a lot healthier at the end of it. <laughs> but you drive all over the world and where's the first competition? It's in Ireland. I mean, I, I think Cliff, I think Brazil and I think these exotic locations, I think the old Elvis movie, Ireland? Yeah, uh, Red Bull puts on some pretty spectacular locations. But uh, it's going to be a cold one, but it's a natural rock pool that's shaped in perfectly uh, as a rectangle, so perched right on the edge of the ocean, so I'm really excited for that one. You've all obviously always been safety conscious. I have another photograph of you who is, as a child is helping your dad, I think, um, might have been building a deck of some sort, uh, which is terrific. Yeah, here we go. Uh, I don't know what kind of heavy machinery you're offering. And the safety shoes. The, uh, what's going on? I think I was helping him build the house, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the frames are still pretty sturdy, so I think I did a good job. <laughs> would you like to see it as an Olympic sport? I mean, these are sports I would like to see in the Olympics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at the moment, it's being pushed and uh, it's been nominated for, for the Olympics. But, uh, I mean, let's see. Fingers crossed. Did you have... You said it was sort of trampoline at an early age and then into diving, so I presume yep. that started like these guys with the three <laughs> and five metres and you've gone up to ten. Did you ever think, I'm good enough to make the Olympics? Did you come close, have a crack at the ten metres? Um, yeah, I did. I trained um, I trained pretty hard with ten metre and I was competing um, at a junior level, national level. Um, but, yeah, the enjoyment kind of just fell out of ten metre, you know. It was a bit repetitive and doing the same thing every day, um, I think kind of just fell out of it. The first thing I said when I knew you were coming on the show, I asked the guys to grab some vision as well as on an episode of the show last year mm -hmm. when we covered the world belly flopping no. championships. And I think we've got some... When, when you watch this here, <laughs> do, you, do, do you respect the art of that or is that just sacrilege as far as you're... I do, actually. Walk up, walk up, walk up, boom! <laughs> I think 
think that's very game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't think I'd try it myself. You couldn't crack out one of those if you want? No. <laughs> Double reverse horsey? Yeah. <laughs> Red bullshit should get involved in that. Yeah. <laughs> there is also the other footage I want to show you in terms of that, that safety issue of it when you are jumping from such huge heights. The, the, the people down the bottom, as you can see, as you're coming down there, swimming towards you, is that just in case there is some accident and you're knocked out or whatever? That, that's what that's about, I guess. Yeah, I mean, coming in, hitting the water at that speed, um, there is that risk and, and unfortunately it has happened. But, uh, yeah, and it, it kind of makes you feel a bit more comfortable up the top just knowing that, that they're there if anything does go That was the World wrong. Cup you, where you won silver yes, as well? Yes, in Abu Dhabi. Have you ever had, though, you're halfway down, you think this could go wrong? <laughs> um, yeah, but usually it's too late to save it. <laughs> <laughs> so you jump and then you can't change your flight of paths, so sometimes you're rolling down the windows or, you know, what? What am I like? Getting uh, flashbacks from Ride Pool in 1982. <laughs> what am I doing? What yeah. am I like the high diving community? Like, we have stories about sledging and all this, but do they, they, uh, someone said that it was like a bit of a family together. Is that right? Or? Yeah, it is. I mean, we all travel um, half of the year together to, to all the different destinations and, and we all experience it. But not only that, like, it's such a dangerous sport and you don't want to see anybody do anything but, but well. And, uh, yeah, it's a big family, a very tight-knit and small community. So. Right, and you have become a leader of the family. Congratulations on your efforts <laughs> Thank you so very far much. and all the best for the future. Thank Thanks you. so much, Rhiannon. All right, coming up, our Champ of the Week. Last week uh, we showed you something very special. It was this growing, you know, booming sport from Finland. Uh, you have a look. It's hobby horsing, just uh, doing the whole equestrian thing. Uh, it's just going gangbusters, Adam, as you know. Uh, it's beautiful. During this, Kel, you did turn to us and say, you don't like a lot of sport, I weren't great at sport, but that's something you could get into. Yeah. So, I have... Oh, there you go. Oh, yes, come is born. Yeah, yeah, look, it, it, <laughs> uh, Kel, his name's Fury, Fury. Uh, and it costs fourteen ninety nine. if you wouldn't mind paying me back at some point. There you go. <laughs> so I'd like you to take it away, uh, maybe do some video going of your hobby horsing. What are the chances <laughs> I'll let me into the Qantas club tonight? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got in. <laughs> yeah, I usually rock up with him, yeah. so... Exactly. Now, Chris, there was a challenge to be set for you if Mitchell Pearce... Wins with New South Wales. Backpage fans, make sure you tune in on July 18th. Mm -hmm. First episode of the show after the Origin series to watch Crash appearing in a Blues Origin top, yeah. wearing the big Blues fan wig, oh, the black sipping a schooner of Reshes. Oh, okay. oh, there you go. <laughs> Time now for our Champ of the Week. Anyone who's been on the show uh, obviously gets a leg up for this award. So, well done, Tyler Wright. She's won the Rio Pro with a classy final. Look, this includes a brilliant 9.67 ride. Uh, leaves the defending world champion sharing the top rung in the rankings with fellow Aussie Stephanie Gilmore. Tyler described that feeling as, quote, sick. Uh, yeah, not stoked. No, not stoked. <laughs> wow. The surfing caravan now moves on to Fiji. Sadly, <laughs> that is where Kel and Fury leave you. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a production of Fox Sports.